So, Christy, I was cleaning out our closet recently, and I found a strange little box. Oh? Was it just some of my craft stuff? Nope. Old electronics cords? Uh Uh-uh. My novelty collection of cereal spoons with the straws built to suck up all the leftover milk? Your what? Nothing. No, no, no. It's super weird. Check it out. Oh my gosh. It's a whole universe. I know, right? Wow. How could we have forgotten we had one of those? I think we got it thrifting a few years ago. The antique chair was a bit more exciting, so I think it slipped our minds. Yeah, but it's like a whole universe. Well, but what if it's not a very good one? Well, let's let's look a little closer. Hmm. Utopic society. Check. Perfect ecological paradise. Check. Oh no, this is trash. Oh, what's wrong with it? Everybody calls each other brodacious. Uh, yep. Put it away. Well, while we're in our recording closet, you want to talk about comics? Yes. I'm Christina Edelman. And I'm Chris Edelman. And this is Chris's On Infinite Earths. The podcast where nothing will ever be the same. Welcome, readers, to part two of two of our Age of X coverage. That's right. We're going to be finishing off this alternate future, not future, alternate present event. Mm Mm-hmm. Alternate reality. Yeah. Yeah. A shifted. Just a a little. it's, It's a reality, but it's twisted. A little virtual reality? We get that, like, the VR headset on? Yes. Yes? Do you remember how in the 90s, I think people thought virtual reality was, was like, seconds away from happening at any moment? And it was going to, oh, like, radically alter the yeah, landscape? I never, I never saw it. But wasn't there a movie with the, the whole premise being, like, everybody kind of lived their lives in virtual reality? And, like, you... A recent movie or, like, a movie from, from yesteryear? Mm. Like something that's come out within the time that we're married. Oh, like Ready Player One. Was that it? Well, it's like everybody, everybody has it's got. They got to go to the world. It's like, or like the game or whatever. Yeah, that... and, and he's. It's just like chock full of like pop culture references because if someone lived there, they'd be like, "Oh, to Del- drive a DeLorean and stuff." Yeah, we never saw it. Oh yeah. <laughs> no, because what? No, I don't want to see Ready Player One. Maybe if it's like on and I'm doing literally, literally. No, there's no way. I was just, just, <laughs> If I said we're doing nothing else, but I could just watch a different movie. Right. I thought you maybe meant the 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 movie Existence, which is like a virtual reality movie from I think the early two thousands. But it's 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 more like the are we out of the game yet? Is this still the game? Mm-hmm. So it's kind are, of Inception. Before are those Inception. all just like kind of the Matrix? If you jam it together, yeah. But the Matrix like rules, right? Right. Right. Like. They're just worst versions that came out after the Matrix. Well, no, I think Existence maybe came out before, but it's it's a bit different. Oh, okay, like the Matrix is very much like a like anti-authoritarian, like you are being controlled thing. I think Existence is just a little bit more. So, so Matrix or Age of X? You mean like in terms of what I like? I mean, like if I did like pick? Uh, yes, Matrix. Okay, <laughs> I'd pick the Matrix over like probably like over half of comics. I mean, if we're we're gonna compare like apples to some slightly very different apples that might be just oranges, which would you pick? 
<laughs> Christy can't just say apples and oranges. <laughs> Look, this is a great I apple. thought I might come up with a more clever metaphor and realized halfway through it was not going to happen. You tried the cartwheel, but then midway through, like, your feet were barely off the ground. So I turned it into a really sick somersault. <laughs> so cool. You guys were all impressed. This is, but this is a little, a little matrixy in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, the, the slightly off things that everybody starts to notice. Yeah. Like the, there's a bit in this comic where there's a black cat and there's another black cat and, one of the characters is like, whoa, look, I saw a cat twice, deja vu. And everybody's mm. like, deja vu's bad! <laughs> I mean, you can't do slow-mo in a comic, though. And I feel like... Oh, they tried to do... They, I swear to God, after oh. the Matrix, they tried to do bullet time by, like... I think they drew the bullet and, like, drew ripples. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It works... I think bullet time can work in, like, movies and video Play games. Play to the strength of your medium. Yeah, but what's hot? You gotta, sh- you gotta strike... To create that classic literature and art <laughs> that will last we're, eternal. We're reading a corporate <laughs> IP comic. Classic literature. <laughs> I'm going to get my doctorate in comic So art. classic that in the coming Star Trek episodes, they will quote it as though it is poetry. <laughs> Oh gosh, do you do you remember how in Star Trek Discovery season one there's this bit where the the evil Captain Lorca mm-hmm. is like, don't you want to be like Einstein, Zephram Cochran, who are like so Einstein obviously real, Zephram Cochran created the warp drive. Mm-hmm. He's like Elon Musk, and I'm like, Ugh. <laughs> that age like milk. <laughs> so speaking of the final frontier, are we ready to get into our summary? <laughs> Go on an adventure. (laughs) Summary. Summary. New Mutants number 23 and the credits for 24. Written by Mike Carey. Penciled by Steve Kurth. Inked by Alan Martinez. Colored by Brian Reber. Lettered by Joe Caramagna. And edited by Daniel Ketchum. The Force Warriors discuss Magneto's actions, and Legion returns to find his mother Moira in tears as she thinks everything they've worked for will be destroyed. Legion replies that he won't let that happen. Also, it was all a clever ruse. Magneto left an air pocket for Legacy and Gambit as he suspects weird stuff is happening as well. There's a room in the fortress even he doesn't know about, which is weird because he made the fortress. He sends them to see what's inside and decides to keep his ruse going. X, the computer voice, talks to Moonstar, reminding her there's a plot to bring down the fortress and that Legacy was acting under orders. Magneto's orders! Magneto invades the prison, freeing Kitty Pride and taking apart the machines, keeping Charles Xavier in a coma as Legacy and Gambit search the bowels of the fortress. Charles awakens in confusion, telling Kitty and Magneto that they need to find her and make her give it back. Yeah, I don't know. But anyway, Moonstar's cadre corners Magneto and company, and he tries to explain to them that something is amiss, and that he didn't really kill Legacy and Gambit. It's too late, though, as the Force Warriors arrive to relieve him of command. Legacy and Gambit find the strange room where Dr. Nemesis stands frozen in a lab, and a box sits in the middle 
of a room. They accidentally drop it and it opens up to reveal an entire universe? X-Men Legacy number 247, written by Mike Carey, penciled by Clay Mann, inked by Jay Leaston, colored by Brian Reber, lettered by Corey Pettit, and edited by Daniel Ketchum and Nick Lowe. Moira catches Legacy and Gambit and demands the box at gunpoint. Legion attempts to kill Xavier with a large pylon, but Kitty phases him at the last moment. On the outside of the fortress, the humans are... not coming? Cannonball is demanding everyone stay in formation, but Basilisk says nothing is making sense, and until it does, he's done fighting. Everyone else leaves as well, leaving Cannonball alone. Moonstar seems convinced and joins the fight against the Force Warriors. Legion yells at them all to stop, saying Moira knew this was going to happen. Xavier asks Legion to explain what's going on. Gambit and Legacy try to fight off Moira, but she easily overpowers them, calling herself a god and lamenting that she saved the rest of the universe for Legion. The professor, who knows the entire situation, reminds Legion that he's his father, albeit a crappy one, and gathers everyone together to meet with Basilisk and his company. And in the control room, he explains, Dr. Nemesis tried to use some science to get rid of Legion's extra personalities, and Xavier does a mind link with Legion, finding his mind palace uh, is a large prison, but with all the inmates murdered by a fresh new personality created in response to the erasures. The antibody overwhelms the professor, and it used its prodigious power to make a new universe to save Legion. So this entire thing has only happened in seven days, and everything, the armies, etc., have been constructed by this antibody, who is also Moira, and X. Legion does not want to believe him, but Professor X remarks that there are no human armies since the antibody is distracted. Well, she sure shows him as she creates the largest army ever seen in Vengeance. New Mutants 24 Cannonball leads the defense with the Force Warriors joining the fray and Legion confused about what to do. Xavier tells him he has to face the antibody personality, but Magneto says it's their turn to do something. The battle rages outside with lots of fun one-liners and explosions. Logan weighs his chances as the poison within him makes him so weak that fighting could kill him. But dude's Wolverine, so he pops claws and starts raging. Moira grabs the box, making a fire and chucking the rest of the universe into it, only for Kitty Pride to phase in and snag it. Moira knocks Kitty down, but Magneto and Xavier fight against her, with Legion still frozen in indecision. Cannonball becomes gravely wounded, and Legacy borrows his powers to join the fight. The fake humans finally unleash a barrage of missiles and knock over Fortress X, which means the mutants are now fighting with no possibility of retreat. The Moira personality pleads with Legion, reminding him that Xavier and Nemesis tried to take him to pieces, but he retorts that this constructed life is not good enough and absorbs the antibody and heads outside. He unmakes the human armies, then opens the box, recreating the universe, which finds all the mutants back on Utopia. But the mutants seem to remember their previous lives, leading to strange moments such as when Emma meets up with Scott after his liaisons with Frenzy. The only person missing is Legion, who Xavier wants to chat with. All right, Christy, we we, fin- we finished this one up. It's mm-hmm. all done. Man, they got me. I was fooled. 
You were you were bamboozled? I was bamboozled about Moira. Oh really? Yes. Oh, I didn't I didn't I wasn't I didn't think it was Moira. I thought but I knew something was wrong with X, but the fact that they were both the same person, pretty wild. Yeah. It I I feel like there was nothing in the first half that would even lead you to suspect that, aside from the fact that we were like, Yeah, Moira's not a mutant, but I guess she's there. Yeah, that's true. I mean Moira's not a mutant. At the time, Moira was at the time right. Moira was dead. Oh, yeah. So that might have been a clue for people. Oh, okay. Yeah that that would have been context that would have made that more meaningful. So Moira showing up suddenly in House of X: Powers of Ten is interesting because she had literally been dead for like years and years and years. Mm. She died of the Legacy Virus, but then uh, in House of X: Powers of Ten, you find out that that was like a body double or something. Yeah, of course. As one does. In comics. Yep. She just wanted to not talk to people anymore. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. Now she lives in a tumor. It's fine. <laughs> a tumor? It's not a tumor, except it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, but I was I was definitely got by that. I guess, like, another... Like, you, you kind of knew it had, had to have something to do with Legion, but also, like, it really did seem like Legion was living his best life with, like, friends and fans. He was like, and... Yeah, he was like a hero. Uh-huh. Yeah, that should have been, like, a, a hint right off the bat, right? Yeah, like, definitely. Well, this this really stinks for everybody except for, like, one guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh. It's interesting, though, because considering the nature of this universe, they really tried to flesh it out with, like, those extra little tie-ins, the Age of... Uh, Age of X universe. Even the alpha issue just felt totally unnecessary by the end. Like, it was a fun read, and I definitely enjoyed bits of it, and it really immersed you into the world in a way where, like, that gotcha was, I guess, bigger. But, like, I was like, this is re- some really elaborate backstory for something that took place over seven days. Right. I guess they are trying to impress upon you that the the journey is not is is more important than the destination and that it, just enjoying a story for the enjoying its sake is maybe just enough i don't know sounds fake <laughs> this doesn't fit into continuity i can't put it in a wiki page it's still it's still in a wiki page <laughs> oh. no it so it's it's interesting to me anytime the x men come out of one of these like alternate realities in terms of their memories and the fallout of that right um after the it's not really outlined in this issue mm-hmm. or in the last issue here but they get to pick whether or not they want their memories from age of x and some people do and some people don't that's so weird like frenzy chooses to keep hers but if i recall correctly scott does not that's really weird uh i just shrugged uh readers <laughs> yeah eternal sunshine of the spotless mind it's true it's it's, it's basically it's eternal sunshine where you know other people definitely are going to remember i mean i guess that that's also sunshine right i mean yeah choosing to forget knowing that the other person wants to remember Uh uh-huh oh that's a choice it is frenzy hasn't been in comics much since this except upcoming she's going to be in december's sword uh, it is. Uh, I'm doing a wiggle, readers. 
Are, are we're, we're shrugging, we're wiggling, we're doing all of these things that work really well. In an audio medium. <laughs> we're really good at podcasting. <laughs> oh, so that that's definitely weird fallout, but... Do you feel like Legacy kind of got dropped a little bit as the main character as this? Y- yeah, sort of I mean, she was like our entry point, but... Honestly, like the way we broke this up felt like two very distinct arcs within this event. Right. Like we're brought into it through her point of view and then it's that's totally gone by the time we're halfway through. Yeah, it kind of turns into an ensemble from being kind of a solo story. Mm-hmm. Where you get like the ensemble pieces, like you get like, oh, Gambit's got a cadre too. It seems like everybody's broken up in these little groups. Like Gambit and Moonstar and the Force Warriors. I cannot get over the... the it's the Force Warriors. <laughs> it's like... It's such like a buzzword thing. That should that should have been the tip-off. That <laughs> <laughs> Something's not right here. This seems like something a teenage boy would have come up with. I don't think Legion's a teenage boy, but still. Right. Okay. The art on this yeah. was a lot of choices. Yeah? I don't know that it totally worked for me. I kind of liked the, a little bit, kind of like the the sort of washed out coloring. And we had some really neat character designs. Yeah. But especially in New Mutants, some of just like the facial expressions and posing and what just wasn't quite there for me. So a lot of artists use references. Mm-hmm. And I think that obviously that is a good technique. I'm not saying like don't use references. Yes. I think there are some artists who use inappropriate references <laughs> where they're just like, uh, I searched woman. All right. Got one. Because <laughs> some of them, it was just like, it'd be like someone talking and they'd have like their head cocked like a huge amount. And I'm like, people don't like speak like this. Right. Yes. Or like over their shoulder. Sorry, that was probably hard to hear in the mic. <laughs> Not a visual medium. Not a visual medium. Uh, but I'm a visual person. I mean, I like looking at you. <laughs> but yeah, I know what you mean. Like, you, there's some weird, like, mouth open things, like, and where you're like, okay, that's a little, that's a little awkward. <laughs> huh. What did you think of the? So, the, what a lot of people consider to be the strength of Age of X is it's kind of like, I almost said it's light on superhero-y comic book stuff, but it totally isn't. But it's it's big on character beats. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I always kind of love that even in alternate realities, uh, that it gives a chance to explore ways for a character to be true to themselves in a totally different setting, which I, I feel like those are the moments that really define a character. Yeah. So... I mean, there were definitely some nice opportunities there. Um, it was, it was interesting seeing, uh, Catherine. She was Catherine in this. Yeah. I, I called her Kitty in the, in the summary, but yes, she, she was Catherine Pride. Mm-hmm. Didn't, didn't even respond to Kitty. Who's Kitty? Yep. Who's Kitty? Not Kate. Nope. Catherine. Catherine Pride. Is this the only time she's ever called Catherine? Like, my name is Catherine. Yeah, because I think in in Days of Future Past she's Kate. Yeah, as like an as like an older older lady. I say older. I think she's like in her forties. Mm-hmm. 
And I totally didn't see coming that Magneto was the one to break her out and send her on the mission. Yeah. Like, it's a total gotcha on Magneto's involvement, too. I was got on so many levels, and I loved it. The Magneto con was really good in that, like, not only was he um, in it, but he was like, he had been in it. Right. Which means since that whole thing took seven days, it seems like he probably realized it, like, almost immediately. Right. Because this is, like... Three or four days, I think, in, in just the comic we read. Or right. At least two or three. I mean, it started on day, what was supposed to be 1, day 1,000, or was it three? I thought there was a three in there. Was oh, it, maybe not. Or maybe three? I don't, I don't know. But it was, it was like a very specific day. Uh-huh. And then it all started falling apart. So it, it's an interesting choice of when in this alternate reality this is supposed to be taking place. So the fact that all of these alternate memories, were created of being in this situation and not like right. So we we like with these stories, like these alphas and the Age of X universe one and two. That it's like an Avenger story. We're not covering mm-hmm. it because it's incredibly tangential, tangential. But it's literally like we're getting these stories of people's like created memories, right? As opposed to things that actually happen to them. Whereas in Age of Apocalypse which is similar to this. There was an alternate reality created and it had been run it, it it had been running for years and years and eventually like it still existed. Mm. And it it just branched off of the 616 when a specific thing happened. So it still had like a very common history and all of it happened. Whereas like this like almost nothing actually happened. Right. It's just all of these false memories. Right. Implanted, which is I don't know why you would want to hang on to false memories. Right. Like, because it, it's not like a life that they actually lived. Like, it was, it was like the, the trippiest vacation that you've ever had, packed with a, a whole life story that never happened. Well, this kind of reminds me of this issue of Astro City a little bit. There's an issue of Astro City called Astro City One Half. Mm-hmm. Readers, I know that I need to read Astro City, and I have not, and I apologize. Thank oh, you, Chris. You, you would, you would love it. It is literally just like nice, I'm, I'm sweet. sure, I'm sure that I would. I'm absolutely positive that I would. <laughs> well, Tell me all about it. Astro City One Half. Uh, well, this would spoil the story, but. You, You'll probably forget. I love you. No, that's the beautiful part, readers. He can talk to me about whatever, and it's never a spoiler because I always forget. <laughs> it's about a guy who is having these memories of a woman that he never knew. Oh. And he, they like come up in dreams, and it's like really kind of strange for him. Uh huh. And one of like the, there's an entity in there who's he kind of, he's like a kind of a phantom stranger sort of mm-hmm. analog called the Hanged Man comes and is basically like, Hey, a crisis happened, like a like crisis on infinite earth style crisis. Oh, and when the the universe was reordered, your wife disappeared. Oh, and you're having these residual memories of a woman who doesn't exist. Oh, and <laughs> yeah, it's a very sad comic. Oh, but the hangman is like, you know, like this is this happens occasionally to people, and it's like one of my jobs to kind of mediate you through this process. And he's like, I can make you forget. Aww. And he's like, I don't want to forget. Aww. So I'm wondering about maybe things like that. Maybe like, even if it's something that didn't happen, maybe it's so good you don't want it to go away. Yeah, I guess I just have a hard time feeling like. But those didn't any happen. It's was... just like erased, rather than whereas right. this is literally created. Right. But it's like, what's the what's the difference? It's all the nature of reality, right? Right. I mean, if something happened 
to you, but it didn't like physically happen to you. Did it happen? Did it not happen? These are bigger questions than we normally discuss, and I don't know that I am mentally prepared to have them. It's it's those Mike it's that Mike Carey stuff. He he just brings all these odd ideas to X Men. Mm, yeah. Did you like that the universe was just in a box? I thought that was pretty great. <laughs> <laughs> kind of reminded me of Seven. I'm sorry, I'm making lots of pop culture references. Oh, today. I just thought about uh, Men in Black. The universe is like in the marbles. Yep. And then they're, they on the, out and on the, playing marbles. Yeah. With universes. Yeah. Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah Tiny universe. Like I like that Moira was like going to make a fire and destroy the universe. And I'm like, <laughs> is that how that works? <laughs> you just burn you just it? Do it? Couldn't you just do it? <laughs> you made the box out of nothing. <laughs> I kind of liked that the Mo- that the reveal was that Moira was like this ultimate protective personality. Mm-hmm. But what's odd is at the end, like blindfold the precog mutant, mm-hmm. she was like, he needs to like be held responsible for this. This isn't his first offense, and it wasn't because Legion, by his actions, accidentally created the Age of Apocalypse as well. Mm. So this is this is universe number two. I don't know. I don't. I don't think this one's as much as his fault. Right. It seemed like he was unconscious and cooperative with experiments that went terribly wrong. Yeah. Well, I don't know if he was if he was super cooperative. Oh, okay. Well, he was unconscious. And- un- you kind of don't know. So I don't know. But then, like, you know, there's also, like, by the same token in a different comic, was it Wanda's fault that House of M happened? She was not well. But should she still take responsibility for the fact that her actions caused this? I don't know. It's a lot. Um I don't know. We need just like an X Men therapy comic. <laughs> the X Men do need therapy. Like that is the most true thing. Like, how bizarre is it that the X Men form of therapy is just like, well, we're gonna just take a psychic and like rearrange your brain. <laughs> Charles Xavier will only make you let <laughs> only have you think happy things. I'm like, guys, I think you're doing therapy wrong. <laughs> You're like, I've been going for a few months, and I think this is not this is not proper. Charles Xavier, where is your therapy license? You have you have very inappropriate boundaries with your uh your patients here. Correct. Uh Legion's mom, for example. Oh my goodness. No, yeah, X-Men need therapy and not from Charles. <laughs> he's not he's not capable. <laughs> oh. Gosh, that would be like an awesome like comic strip, just like X Men, like mini X Men therapy excerpts. Somebody needs to do that. Uh, yeah, on the couch with the X Men. I mean, there is one issue of an X Men comic called X Ex- Examinations. Ex- uh. It's an X Factor comic where they go to therapy, but it's also with another guy who's not a therapist, and apparently all the therapy stuff isn't very correct. Yeah, no, we we just I. I just want it to be a funny, goofy strip of them. This was. Oh, okay. I think parts of it were kind of serious, but there's this bit where Quicksilver explains how hard it is dealing with everybody else, because it seems like dealing with, like, children, because Uh they think slow and they act slow and everything they do is slow. And the entire time he's, like, sketching really quickly and he holds it up and it's just a picture of a snail. (laughs) But, you know, like, uh, they don't have therapy. Instead, they punch people. A lot of punching. Yeah. Did you, I think some of the character arcs were kind of neat in that, like, some of them just started differently. Like, I loved that 
Cyclops was not Cyclops. He was very much a different character. Right, right. Which I know I talked about, like, in alternate realities, the aspects of a character that are really core and central to them. Um, being able to see that in different settings was so interesting. But it really puts a whole spin on that, that we do see these elaborate backstories of what these characters have believed have happened to them mm-hmm. and the results of how that's shaped them. Like, Scott went through something really, really traumatic. Completely terrible. And he uh, he was an execution weapon and killed his own brother, which, by the way, is not supposed to be able to happen. Havoc and Cyclops' powers don't work on each other. Oh, well, that's that's not fun. Uh, it's that's a Claremont a, thing. That's a that's a that's a mess up. Oh, the, that's a mistake. This, this yes, one? yeah, it's a goof. Somebody somebody should have caught that. Yeah, somebody should have caught that. An editor. What are you doing? Who who is the editor? Uh, Nick Lowe. Nick Nick Lowe and Ketchum, Daniel Ketchum. Yeah, I mean it's like people remember until they don't, or if they just don't care. They're like, eh, alternate universe. He can right. Can you, you guys need to run these things by X Twitter first? Does They'll this... catch it oh, all for no. you. <laughs> Does this mean that havoc just didn't exist for seven days? Yeah. Is that like the best thing that's ever happened? <laughs> Pinch you for that. That was mean. <laughs> <laughs> I love Havoc, but he just never has a very good time. <laughs> Poor guy. Oh, yeah. I mean, what? I mean, what was? What happened to the universe? For I mean, there was a lot of people who didn't exist for seven days. Yeah, or were was- they existing? Was other stuff happening while they were in this alternate just no reality? Mutants. Just a no more mutants reality? I don't know. Because not every... They were all in there in one way. Well, I guess Havoc was not. Emma was in prison with the right. cuckoos. I don't know. Some of them died, though. So I'm like, what happened there? Right? Yeah, that's weird. I don't know. You, you just can't look at it too close. No. Don't Can't look at it straight on. No. Yep. You can't spend too... 45 two hour long episodes dissecting it without it's too late Kristen. it's too late <laughs> we we never should have played god <laughs> all right well while we've had a lot of fun playing god <laughs> putting putting the universe in a box i think we should get to our twitter questions yeah let's get to twitter questions All right. Our first questions come from at Asimov fangirl who says, hiya. Uh, first question, would you like the backstory or some aspect of Age of X were explored in other minis or one shots? I'm good, actually. Yeah, uh, I know you talked about the whole like the journey thing, but like. I didn't really like the Age of X universe tie in mm-hmm. that I read. I didn't. I mean, the the alpha had some cool stuff in it. I guess, but I I don't know. Unless there was like a really meaningful story to be told about a character that you couldn't explore in main continuity. Yeah, maybe like that whole thing with the phoenix that you keep hearing about. That would maybe be neat. Mm -hmm. But it all has to take place in the past. You can't really go anywhere in the future because it definitively ends. Right. Age of Apocalypse keeps going without 
the characters in it per se. Mm-hmm. Like, but, and there's like, it, it's global. Mm-hmm. This takes place in like a 10 mile by 10 mile yeah, box. Yeah, tiny little pocket. Yeah. So I think it's a little bit different. Mm-hmm. And I'm 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 kind of okay. I think it told mm-hmm. the story it needed to. And second question: Which character should have kept their um, Age of X look? I love Cannonball's uniform. Cannonball's uniform is cool. Rogue kind of looked like that at that point anyway with the hood. That wasn't super different. Dazzler looked really cool. Dazzler looked really cool. Um, yeah, Legion's about the same. Magneto's about the same. I don't know if I was a fan of of Betsy's look. No, but. When she came back before she became Captain Britain, she kind of looked like that. Yeah. I don't hate that look. I like Betsy in pink and purple. I mean, she's always in pink and purple. Um, <laughs> I liked Gambit's look, with, and I liked him with the rifle. I thought that was neat. And I liked uh, Logan Bartender, but that's not like a costume no, thing. Like, him wearing, him wearing a tank top is not unusual. <laughs> I mean, I say I like the rifle. I don't know. The fact I don't the fact that he like charged something up and went choo I thought that was so, so neat. But is it as cool? <laughs> is it as cool as cards? I don't know. <laughs> well, our next question comes from at Arthur Stacy. When X Men retain their memories from an alternate lifetime like this, does it mean they're technically older, even if no time has passed in the six one six when they return? Well, Adam, seven days passed. And by that logic. When I forget things, does that mean I'm younger? Yes. This is why you have such a cheery, cheery disposition. I knew it. I <laughs> knew there was an upside to being forgetful. Well, and the fact that do they age? I don't know. Do any of these characters age? Like, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next question from at Comic Book Herald, who asks, what do you both make of all the elements that connect to Hawkspox? Moira, Professor, Another Five, Hickman's Praise for Carrie's Run, etc. Uh, uh, also, do you trust that Legion actually reset reality as it was? No, but I don't think it comes up, so sure. <laughs> uh, on that last point. It does kind of connect in a way. Hickman kind of has this, you know, like this high concept sci-fi theme to House of X right. Powers of Ten. And I think in this way, it's a little different. His feels like almost like hinting at space opera. Mm-hmm. I think feel like with Hoxpox. Whereas this is like almost kind of like cyberpunky, like Matrix, what's reality. Mm. So in, in ways that there is a lot of that. Um the story unfolds in a kind of similar way in that you're dropped in kind of not knowing what's going on. Mm-hmm. I was uh before I realized it wasn't really Moira, I was like, wait, what did Moira do? I feel like this would have come up in her. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's not actually her. And I'm like, oh, okay, this makes so much more sense now. But her importance to the story here is it you could say is a little bit paralleling. Not a hundred percent. Mm-hmm. But kind of like a creator and architect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's like poetry. It rhymes. That's a George Lucas thing he said once. <laughs> it's weird. It sounds like it. Yep. <laughs> um, the five as like celebrities. That's kind of a cool oh, recurring motif. Yeah. Yeah. But Hickman loves Mike Carey's run on X-Men because I think he just liked all of like the like kind of high concept weirdness that he does. Because like this is still kind of a world that hates and fears them thing, but it is it's pretty out there. And a lot of his stuff is like. He has a uh, storyline called Supernovas, mm-hmm. where the X-Men are fighting this group that are humans who have been artificially like evolved, because they spend time in a vault, 
mm-hmm. where time passes way faster. Mm. And so, like, they are, like, thousands and thousands of years advanced. Okay. But they're still humans. Okay. As opposed to mutants. And so, it's very much that, like, the transhumanism of, like, humanity can always advance while mutants are, are subject to nature. And even, like, the children of the vaults are in this X-Men run that we're, that we're currently reading. They were in one issue. That's the one where Wolverine and Sink yes, and Darwin yes. went to, and they're stuck no, in there. And we haven't seen Sink again. Nope. We love Sink. He's from Missouri. Mm-hmm. He's, like, the only mutant from Missouri, I think. Yeah. Okay, yeah. A lot of that sounds real bizarre. You haven't read a lot of other Carrie stuff, though. Or I haven't read a ton. I've read Supernovas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so there were definitely some interesting similarities circling yeah. back to the, the question. <laughs> what, we have to answer a question. <laughs> we don't have to. We don't have to do any of this. We could stop right now. <laughs> no more podcasts. <laughs> uh, but, but we want to keep going. We do. We need to. It's about the journey. The journey. The journey to our next question from at Big Red underscore 13. If you could have had one character from this story remain as they were during it uh, after the story ended, who would it have been? I don't know. Uh, maybe Wolverine. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. He had some some fun struggle. Like, he would have overcome it, like, eventually, but... Yeah, that it, might be would have been neat. Mm-hmm. Gambit was like weirdly competent and like less kind of Han Solo y. Mm-hmm. That was interesting. Magneto was kind of the same. Rogue was kind of the same. Cyclops was very different, but I don't know if I need that Cyclops no, all the time. No, no, yeah. no. I think he you. was like a novelty. Mm-hmm. He was like a drumstick. But you, yeah. don't, you don't need a drumstick for every meal. No. no. Are we talking like a. Like an ice cream? Okay, good. I that I also started thinking about like oh about the, like, like chicken and also like the big like turkey ones that you can get at Ren Faire that we don't have right now. Christy misses the misses the turkey legs. <laughs> I didn't get a turkey leg this year. I know. I'm sorry. It's really hard, guys. <laughs> the thing we're missing the most. <laughs> Yeah, the place where you used to live, and I lived for a very short amount of time, still had their Ren fair. Yeah, and no masks were required. Not a good idea. Nope. So Such bad. A, I'm glad the Kansas City was smart, and we're like, <laughs> let's just not do it. Uh, all right, next question from at Lunal Newport. Where does Age of X stand amongst the pantheon of alternate universe stories? Age of Apocalypse, Apocalypse Age of X-Men... Uh, what else do we have? Days of Future Past. To some extent, uh, Messiah War? I don't know. If you want to rank X-Men stories, we have another podcast for you. (laughs) Age of Apocalypse is my favorite. Uh, and it will probably remain that way because I read it at a formative age. Oh. Well, and I haven't read it, so. So you're like, this one's fine. I mean, they're all fine. Sure. They're all fine. They're all fine. Equally fine. Equally fine. (laughs) Uh, all right. Next question from at Drew underscore GY. What are the ingredients for a good X crossover? And are these ingredients different than for other comic crossovers? And why? This is a more general question. This is a very general general question. (laughs) General question. (laughs) Okay. They need to be like super big on interpersonal drama. But that's kind of always X-Men. Yeah. I feel like... The benefits to an X-Line crossover are that all of the books are pretty much always team books anyway. So a lot of those mm-hmm. dynamics 
already exist, so they almost work better in crossovers than when it's like, let's jam every character all together and make it work. Um, Yeah, that's fair. So I feel like it has that distinct advantage, and that really does lend itself to that interpersonal drama that you talked about Mm -hmm. a lot more, because like, it's not like, all right, let's really focus on this relationship that we haven't seen much of in this run so far for the sake of the of showing it like i feel like other crossovers are really relationship light and punching heavy mm-hmm. which we we like some some punching in a in an x crossover but i think you're you're right it's all of, we get to have drama in the crossovers and that interpersonal stuff that you don't really get to experience in the other ones yeah wow that's a really good answer christy sometimes i think <laughs> Next question comes from at Jason Large. How many times has Chris called this Age of X-Man? On the podcast, just the once to make the joke, but so much outside the podcast. Like, a lot. I kept goofing it up. Today I said it three or four times. I feel... I, I don't know how many... If I've goofed it up. No, it's just me. <laughs> it's only me. <laughs> it's like, you told me, alright, we're gonna do Age of X. And I'm like, so not Age of X-Man? And you're like, no. And I'm like, got it. Yep. <laughs> that was good. Uh, and But more seriously, do you prefer alternate reality slash universe events which exist out of the current comic universe or events that span current books? Hmm. Hmm. I prefer events that span current books. Yeah. I, I mean, unless there's a really important or interesting story to be tell- told with that that can't be told within current continuity. Mm -hmm. So I feel like that really raises the stakes for what you expect from an out of continuity event. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like you don't want it to just be, all right, well, this was a fun journey. Like, I I feel like you want more out of it. Yeah. You expect more. You deserve more. We do. We do. And you do too, readers. (laughs) You deserve all the good things. Every good thing. Every good thing. All right. Next question comes from uh, at M. Turetsky. With this age of 10, how does it... Uh. Uh, with this age of 10, how does it relate to Shakespeare's Seven Ages of Man from As You Like It? How does Mike Carey's work comment on or converse with Shakespeare? What are the three extra ages? I may not have done the reading assignment. Well, I didn't either. I don't, I've not read as you like it. You probably have though. Um, I've seen it. Oh, what were the seven ages of man? I don't remember. Okay. The three X ages. I'm that much younger. I am that much younger. (laughs) You're two hours or forgetting it. Or three hours younger than you were. I teach theater. Uh, let's move on to the next question at big dad energy when they came back each character got a choice to keep their memories or erase them who would you most have wanted to see retain their memories and personalities from age of x so it's a little bit similar to that previous question oh yeah right well i feel like we have that slash there like Wanting to retain their memories is a little bit different than wanting to retain their persona, because presumably they're retaining both sets of memories. I kind of want, I wanted everybody to get their memories. Maybe not necessarily the personality. Oh, you wanted them to keep their memories of what happened? Yeah. I wouldn't want somebody to walk around with that trauma. 
Well, I just mean for the fictional characters, I think it would make for interesting story. Hmm. <laughs> I, I'm just care- caring about just... their own personal well-being. I wasn't thinking about this in terms of what makes a good story. I was thinking about what do I want. So do you want Charles Xavier to muck around in their brains or not? Well, somebody already did the mucking. The mucking happened. Really, really dropping that G at the end there. I don't know. If somebody messed around in my brain. I want a t-shirt now that says somebody already did the mucking. <laughs> it's the title of this this episode. Yeah, ding. <laughs> All right. So I guess I guess we can respectfully disagree on this point. Yeah, you're like nobody, and I'm like, what on everybody? <laughs> All right, well let's get into some accolades. Accolades. Christy, what's the best line in this comic in this comic book? Uh, my best line in this comic book was actually like a I didn't choose like a happy line. No, I chose either. kind of like a dark line that I was just like mood. <laughs> um, Magneto said, "I invite you to consider the endlessness and futility of this struggle, the wasteland that our lives have become." Ooh, that's very good. It's a good line. Yeah, thanks, Mike Carey. I have another not happy line, but it's from the the Moira entity. Okay. Uh, when she's fighting Gambit, she says, and you don't take down God with a deck of cards. Oh, that was a good one. And I was like, oh, ten of swords, ten of swords. <laughs> oh, fair. Do you like cards. That, that at the end, uh, Legion calls all the humans just a deck of cards? Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah. And you can't. You can't take down God with a deck of cards. No. Poor Gambit. Maybe Gambit needs to forget this just to forget what a, what a, <laughs> like, what a dunk. <laughs> just forget that dunk. He's been dunked on so hard. He needs a dunk mind erase. <laughs> all right. What about your greatest hero? My greatest hero is Legion, I guess, for like figuring it all out and going, okay, I need to like make a good choice here. Okay, I was really doubting my choice, but we have a daily double. Hit it, Matt D. Wilson. Yeah, I I feel like it was like just, hey, I'm I'm gonna be responsible for my mess. And then we have kind of that loose end at the end where he's like looking at the the remnants in his hand and i don't think that's like a necessarily like i'm gonna do this again as like a like i really kind of like in some ways kind of really miss this oh yeah being yeah. a hero mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so i mean he did admit like this isn't enough this is kind of a terrible reality right but i mean things were pretty good for him they were good for him but nobody else right so it's a good sacrifice it was yeah it was if that if your life was perfect but everybody you knew's life was not perfect you got to right right absolutely Mm -hmm. uh so what about your coolest moment the bit where magneto is trying to convince moonstar while the box is tumbling on the side oh that was I really liked the layouts for that. Yeah. Because it was over a couple of pages that we saw on the right-hand side, this, the box tumbling. Yeah, absolutely. I, I just thought that was cool from like a, from a craft perspective. Yeah. I mean, that, that's what we mean when like do play to the strengths of the medium. We don't need like 
bullet time. We need stuff like that that you can't really capture fully in a movie. Boxes, not bullet time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, my coolest moment was uh, Kitty uh, phasing through the fire to catch the box just in the nick of time. She just comes out of nowhere, too. Right? She just, like, like, grabs the fumble. <laughs> right? Uh, so that was that was pretty cool. I enjoyed yeah. that. Okay, what about your Crusher Creel Award for Silly Villainy? So this goes to the fake humans, who, when they get close to dying, blow up like a grenade. <laughs> yeah. And one of the guys is like, wait, no, I'm fine. Don't come off. I just tripped. Boom. <laughs> Rough times. It's like in the context of that universe, like humans are te- are like terrible to everyone, including each other. Mm-hmm. Like that's another like hint that they that nothing was right because they're like cartoonishly evil. Mm-hmm. My Crusher Creel award for silly villainy went to the universe in a box. Mm-hmm. I know we talked about that being like a little silly or fun or whatever. We even oh, it's but, like high strangeness. I love it. Yeah, I'm I'm just like well gonna remake the universe but we're gonna we're gonna keep it safekeeping in a tiny little wooden box in a room at the bottom of everything are you saying that the step one is cut a hole in the box step two is put <laughs> that universe in that box <laughs> there is no hole in this box it would be a very ineffective box universe in a box <laughs> universe in a box yeah. All right. Well, that's a perfect segue into our Key of C Award, which celebrates a moment or moments that we feel would be enhanced by a musical number. Yes, I kind of cheated. I used the same answer. I thought the standoff and the the box would have made a cool back and forth. Oh. Like, um, I was once in... Well, no, I wasn't in this musical. I'm just thinking about uh, um, Tonight from... um, West Side Story? Yes. And how there's literally like four scenes happening? Yes. I wanted something like that. Mm-hmm. I thought that'd be cool. Yeah. No, I, I like that. I like that. I felt like I wanted a musical number that perhaps reprised. I, I'm such a big fan of the reprise. You are. I really am. Mm-hmm. Um, between Legion and the Moira um, entity. Ah. Uh, that. I feel like we could have had earlier and could have been sweet. This dynamics that appeared to be mother and son Mm -hmm. and have it slowly become a little darker and a little off and hinting throughout. A little bit like the mother knows best thing from, from tangled from from tiggled. Oh yes. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Readers, we might need to explain tiggled. (laughs) Our two-year-old loves Tangled. It's like his favorite movie. And he, I want to watch Tiggled. Tiggled. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I want to watch Tangled. <laughs> all right. Uh, so, thank you, readers, for making it through uh, Age of X with us. <laughs> it's not a hardship for them. They are so entertained. So entertained. And if they're not, they're not hearing this now because they've already turned it off. Correct. So everybody that's listening to this, we love you. Well, readers, next next episode is going to be chosen by one, a patron, Josh Garvey, who has picked that we are going to read the one shot, but it's long enough that we're going to just do it as one episode. JLA Wildcats. Oh, okay. Yep. Okay. I, I've 
I've read the Wildcats in something else. I can't remember what right now. What? You have? Weren't the Wildcats in a crossover that we read? Not that I know of. No, they were. Okay. Were they in space? Don't think so. I'm thinking of something else then. Yeah. Well, anyway, it'll be fun. <laughs> it'll just be a, just be a one-off. We'll post something for questions. It'll be great. You are really trying to think about what this Wildcats thing is. Yeah, it'll come to me. Okay. Or it won't, and I'll be younger. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. Thank you so much for this revelation. <laughs> All right, well, readers, if you want to get a hold of us, the Chris's, you can do so at Chris's Pod on Twitter and Facebook. You can also send us longer form messages uh, through email to Chris's on Infinite Earths at gmail.com. If you would like to support us, please do so with those five-star iTunes or Facebook reviews or any of those other podcatchers. And if you leave a nice review on iTunes, we will read it out on the show. Mm-hmm. No mean ones. No mean ones. We won't do it. And we also appreciate the support of all of our patrons or folks who take the time to donate to us on our Ko-fi. Uh, you can check out links to those in the show notes. Yeah, uh, there's lots of different levels, really cool um, rewards that we give for frequent patrons. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, and we appreciate every cent you give us. Yes, all your time, all your energy, any any bit of that. that They're just giving us the sweat of their brow. Yeah. For this, the closet sweat of our brow. I don't know. That sounds weird. (laughs) Sounds weird. I don't think people want to do that. I don't think people want that exchange. <laughs> the patrons really going to suffer after this one. Uh, or just, just tweet about us and recommend us to a friend. Yeah, get us on one of those podcast lists. I would like that. Like those, like... Oh, the listicles? Yeah, like they're like top 10 comic book podcasts. We'll never get on one because we are... No, no, no. Here's the thing. We just write it for Xavier Files. <laughs> we just put ourselves up. <laughs> <laughs> Delightful. Speaking of, you can check out our work on Xavier Files basically every week. Mm-hmm, our writing. And until next time. Slay your enemies and all you desire shall be yours.